Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hot round. Red 7. Red 7. Red 7. Don. What? Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot round. I don't. What is hot round? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob. This is it. The man who got us here. You ready? You don't think that lame ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get you the ball. Are you gonna get me the ball? Oh, I'll get you the ball! I hope he doesn't kill somebody. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's gonna make the difference between winning and losing. Between living and dying. I got a whole lot of money. Welcome in to 11 Personnel, Nick Roush and Adam Luckett. Happy to talk to you on Draft Week, where today we're going to be, we've touched on it a little bit after taking our trip up to the Combine, but the, the meat and potatoes is finally here. we to touch on where the cats fall, the, the last minute moving, shaking in first round. But first, Luckett, we need to start this edition of 11 Personnel in the transfer portal. Oh, we're, we're hoping to hop on a podcast on Friday, but it was it's taking a little while and it's like, eh, I don't know, like I get a little nervous. I, I, we didn't do the, the sources say pre-tape because I, I've gotten burned on writing a few commitment posts recently that haven't happened. So we held off, but ultimately Kedron Smith did pull the trigger and announce he will move from Ole Miss to Kentucky, a big gift for the UK secondary. Yeah, it just uh, it fills a huge, obviously a huge hole in the defense and gives another quality player back there. I think Keedron Smith, I don't think, you know, this is not first-round pick potential, All-American potential, um, but th- there's a high floor here, I think. This guy can come in and be a quality starter for you. Uh, like, Keedron Smith is a good year away from becoming a draftable prospect, I would say, in the NFL draft. Um, so that's probably the goal for him. He does have some versatility, so we're not really sure where he's going to play. We think corner, I would assume, the cornerback spot. Uh, but he could play kind of their nickel position as well. Um, so it's it's a guy he gives you options uh, as a defense. And I just think they had to get somebody that can kind of be a plug-and-play type player there, that, that secondary position. And I think there's a lot of similarities. I think you could compare him with Jacquez Jones. SEC experience, played a lot of snaps. Durability is a big thing for him. I think that's probably his best suit, our best uh, trademark is he's never missed a game his whole career. That's, that's pretty nuts to be a four-year yeah, college football played. player and just 
keep playing. To play multiple positions, and that's something they need on that defense because we knew or we know that injury bug hit hard last year, and they're still dealing with it right now a little bit going into the summer. So just really good to get something on the board there. It makes you just it makes your conf or makes your the floor I think of the defense raise a little bit by add, by adding him. So at least now you know you've got two guys that could potentially be quality corners in him and Carrington Valentine. So here's my question for you, Luckett, because I is is he going to be cornerback or are they going to put him in nickel? Because uh, I well, feel like he his his significance it's obviously that he can do both. But I, I don't know what you prioritize. Uh, like right, right now, there's still a little uh, – we, we don't have 100% clarity, I should say. I was going to get into this next week when we kind of go over like spring in the SEC. Um, but, Nick, if you kind of look at the league, like Georgia's planning on their top three receivers being tight ends, Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, Eric Gilbert. South Carolina is like, we want to run more two tight end stuff. Texas A&M is one, wants to run a lot of tight end stuff. Florida wants to be have tight ends involved heavily in their offense. Billy Napier is publicly campaigning for portal tight ends to come to Florida. You just start digging around the league here. Um, Ole Miss, the best guy there their spring game was that USC transfer, Michael Trigg, a guy Kentucky committed or, not, or recruited a long time. Yeah. A hybrid tight end. You look around the teams they're going to play. They're going to play a lot of tight ends, so it's going to be important, I think, to get in more base defense now. So I think that's kind of be that's kind of the answer to the tight end position. I think what teams are doing, they're trying to take advantage of smaller defenses, right? Because mm-hmm. teams have kind of been built like we need to build the spread or stop the spread. We need to get kind of this hybrid safety player in the box, place a nickel. We're gonna get faster, um, work, <laughs> right? It's so funny to, how like it just. The, the balance is shift. It's like, all right, we're going to go one direction, and then when everybody catches right. up, we're going to go in the exact So really what I'm, I'm getting at here is they're going to have to play a lot of base this year, I think. Yeah. So it's a lot of Jordan Wright and J.J. Weaver on the field at the same time. That takes away a nickel defender, and I don't think you're taking Jalen Geiger or Tyrell Asian off the field for, for Keedron Smith, I think. So by using that luck at math there that that tells me he's going to play cornerback next year. What I'm interested in, you know, he's six, two long arms fits the mold for kind of a boundary cornerback. Um, I thought the best I saw him play at Ole Miss was kind of in that position. That's where Carrington Valentine's playing right now. Now Carrington Valentine doesn't really have that size. I wonder if he might be better suited for field cornerback. Um, that's something yeah. we'll have to see kind of play out. That's how, if you ask me how it shakes out, that's how I would project it. I would say Keaton Smith plays boundary quarterback. They move Carrington Valentine over to field, and then they try to rotate Andrew Phillips in to the other spots. And then that nickel position, eh, I mean, we'll see if Joel Williams can, what he can bring. If not, I think you might see Jalen Geiger get cross-trained there, slide him down and put Jordan Lovett in. If you've got to go to it's like some of those nickel looks. Now, you're still going to have to play heavy, you know, sub package because you still got Tennessee on the schedule, right? Right. You still have Ole Miss is going to spread you out. Um, Mississippi State, obviously. Um, but you you also – you got to do both now. You got to be able to stop the run and be able to spread out and guard those types of teams. So, it's just kind of the versatility of the league right now. But I think you're going to start to see teams lean more into that, that base defense here moving forward. Yeah, and that's why um, when Kentucky does – I mean, this is this will not be the last transfer portal edition 
uh, since we last recorded, there's been four people go into the portal. Uh, Cleveland Thomas most recently. Two of the guys were suspended last year uh, with the, the frat party incident. So we had R.J. Adams uh, and Ernest Sanders, who had kind of got passed over uh, in the process while they were on the sideline. And I'm forgetting the lot. Who's the lot? Who's the uh, – Ricky Hyatt. Ricky Hyatt, yeah. So you've got these – they go out. Well, now you've got Sasha, so you can go find other guys. Mm-hmm. If Adam Luckett were to prioritize a position to get – They'll get at least two more players, I would imagine, um, instead of just giving all those scholarships to, to former walk-ons. Where do you think Kentucky will turn its sights to, set its sights yeah. to? Yeah, I still think they're looking at nickel and offensive tackle. I would say those are the two spots they're kind of zoned in on right now. Yeah, and and, and that's the thing that I, I think, at least now, when you have Smith, you get some – you can go for best available. So, right. I mean, if you had a, if Andrew Phillips hits, you can maybe, you know, slide Smith into nickel. I mean, there's just still a lot of. Right. Right, right. Right. But he gives you insurance. Right. Like <laughs> at worst comes to worst, we could play this guy at a couple different spots. And, and because ideally you play with three cornerbacks and you got a reliable nickel in there where two starters and a dude that could switch to either side. We don't know about Joe Williams. Um, so ideally you're still looking for just best available cover guy whatever that may be because if if there's one thing Kentucky's defense did not do well they weren't they didn't get, do a good job getting off the field on third downs ranked ninth in the SEC right around 40 percent and the the teams like Tennessee did did really hurt them uh, and were not even in obvious passing situations they could get out of it so I do think that they are going to be active looking for defensive backs uh in in the thing now to look at that I guess we had it last year. I, I don't remember it being such a hard and fast rule, but the, it feels like this year they're actually going to enforce the transfer portal deadline. Of course, you're always going to have the the yeah, waiver. They, well, until Alabama adds a guy and they need him cleared. I mean, like the, all these <laughs> rules have workarounds. I know that's like this, like everybody's saying this is the rule and all that. I mean, there's always workarounds for that. that that's I why think- I said when the Corey Connor stuff happened, I thought, you know, you could he could come back close to home, what whatnot. I wouldn't worry about that too much. Now it ended up um he was going straight to Cincinnati. But yeah, I'd, but I, I do think, think in general they're gonna be pushing these kids to get in the portal by May first. And it yeah, uh Ross Dellinger made the point that you made uh, you know, months ago on this here eleven personnel podcast that we've kind of developed these natural windows for transfer portal where it's for football, it's post regular season. And, and then post bowl game, and then for the the spring, they have it after the spring practices. So you're seeing a lot more guys go in, uh, but you can still shop around for all those guys in the portal until whenever, uh, right. and then just try to fight the NCAA if you want to get somebody in their way. But I do think in general, you kind of know what's going to be in there uh, after this Sunday. You know, I saw an Ohio State safety go in there recently as former. Yeah, that star. kid. That um, he's from Nashville, Innsworth. And Kentucky's got to end at Innsworth. Right. So, so there's, you know, that could be something there. I mean, we'll see. I think he, and digging into him, Nick, he's kind of an, he's a nickel player. Um, so I think and Andre Turrentine is his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, class of 2021. So he'd be a redshirt freshman next year mm-hmm. uh, for oh. Kentucky if he came. Um, so yeah, I, I could see that potentially. I think in general, they would like to have a little bit more experience. I'm at that spot, but you, 
especially baby choosers at this point. Yeah, yeah, they have done well with the with the getting the experienced transfer guys. I mean, you just go down the list. They definitely, and I'm going to write about this later this summer. But they uh, they definitely have a profile building for what they're looking for in the transfer market. I mean, it's Power Five transfer. A lot Mm -hmm. of it's in league. Mm-hmm. SEC and it's guys that have played football outside of really guys with local connections, right? So Luke Fulton, Justice Dingle, Darian Henry Young, like those three, they added those guys, but there was obviously connection there. Mm-hmm. Cardinal Mooney um, recruited uh, Darian Henry Young out of Cincinnati and Dingle. Obviously, they were in on his brother, right? To come there, um, but other than that, I mean, it's been guys who have played and kind of started for multiple seasons. Of guys they're they're bringing in and adding and it's guys that don't have really a lot of eligibility left so it's kind of made a stopgap is why they keep developing the players they've recruited out of high school um so they definitely have a little bit of a profile going but at this point if you need a guy you just gotta like i i, I look back and wonder those those two tackles at western kentucky right mason brooks goes to Ole miss mm-hmm the other kid ends up at Texas Tech. I got I can't think of his name right now, but he played at Trinity, walked on at WKU. Both of those guys had really good years last year. Like, was that a mistake not just taking a stab at one of them? Really going after him. Um, but it, they, they, they didn't fit really their profile of – Of who they consider. Cause, right. And, and I know that just in, in general, if you look at – it even stoops his coaching hires – you got to have some sort of – I feel like Collins might be the only one without – Cole Spencer was experience. the other tackle. Um, wins up at Texas Tech. But, yes, Stoops is all about – because the Power Five is basically a different ball game. And, and even though those guys had good years, that's a good year against a different yep. level of competition. Now, yeah, I did run just... into somebody Saturday like it, and they keep reinforcing the same notion that um, – I know we had been hearing towards the end of spring that – there is a – we think we can work with what we've got at left tackle. Although, look at I'm still just not – like, I'm, I'm not sold on it. But I do think there's a general sense around the building, like, okay, it's not – we've got a good feeling about it. But if something comes up that – Right, yeah. You know, I mean, they're, but they're that point in the calendar, though, where they have to start being okay getting the plan it. together. Right. <laughs> yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, so they have to – you know, you got to play both sides there. But if – Johnny Tackle gets in the portal, wants to come to Kentucky, or the Darryl Rosenthal, let's say, this year version, similar profile, comes in the port. They're, they're going to take them. They're not right. at that point where they're going to turn somebody like that down. Mm-hmm. No, nope, you're exactly right. And you know what? There's usually some circumstances that can they can right. always clear things up, make them uh, eligible. But, um, oh, man, we had some breaking news right before we got on the podcast one of the best quarterbacks in the state of Tennessee committed to Ole Miss. God, I just I, – I love it. God, suck at Tennessee. I hate you so much. Love watching players in their state go elsewhere, especially but it, Lane getting him, you know. But they also have this nil collective, right? It's pretty much got down the quarterback. And it sounded like Carnell Tate, who's a five-star receiver. Um, I believe he's at IMG Academy right now. He's from Chicago, I think, Nick. Mm-hmm. Um, Tennessee's kind of the favorite to land him. So they are having some success with this. Hey, but you play. can't even win your own home state, Tennessee. Can't yeah. even win your home well, state. Well, they, that I have a theory on that. <laughs> like if you're if you're not recruiting now, they did just land, I think, number one or number two player in their state, defensive end, um, over the weekend. 
Um, but if you're not, yeah, if you're not landing, if you're recruiting well, 2000 miles away from campus and you're not recruiting a, a well, a hundred to 150 miles or less away from your campus, something, hmm. something fishy might be up there. It sounds like luck. It's taking a subtle jab <laughs> at the guys down the road. Yeah. We're getting but, a two hey, for one. We're telling Tennessee to suck it. And Scott Satterfield. And one, I'm going to say this, Scott, Scott Satterfield, he's aced this off season. Oh, like I, I think as barring a just total collapse, like he's got the plan where he's going to get another year almost. I don't even think you could put him on the hot seat right now because they got the quarterback coming in next year. Yeah. Oh, well, because of the recruiting class. But see, here's the thing though, Luckett. You put a big F in there. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and barring a total collapse. Now, I don't have the scoop on how exactly he's pulled off this California coup. Uh, Louisville fans get very mad if you take pot shots at their California recruiting coup. But uh, certainly Adidas is playing a role here. And when Clarkson picked up a, an offer from AM, you know, football is a sport of momentum. And if he doesn't keep that momentum going through the season, you know, you could pull a Chubba, lose Clark, you know, it can well, unravel quickly. So that is a big caveat. But to your point, if they're eight and four, you know, they'll be fine. They'll well, Nick, if you do some digging here, uh, Steve Clarkson, who's his dad, um, Bruce Feldman wrote a book, The QB, which was pretty much like how they train quarterbacks now. And he was like one of the most popular. He was him and George Whitfield were like the two main characters in that book. Um, he's a really popular private QB coach, right? Right. And so he's got – pretty much deep connections. It's his son. They're getting all these kids in California. Um, he's tied with Adidas. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, I mean, you can connect the dots and see, figure out how it's happening right yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see how long, but yeah, Pierce Clarkson is Clarkson is obviously the, if you pull that out, then it could be. Oh total, yeah. That, that linchpin can fall apart. Right, quickly. It can flood. Especially because seconds. it's the way that A&M, the buzz that they built on the recruitment with last year's class. What uh? Who sponsors Texas A&M athletics? Oh, Adidas. Hmm. Yeah. So they can go around, um, and they can just play well. And I mean, we've seen this song and dance at the University of Kentucky in recruiting high school quarterbacks. It's difficult, and this isn't wasn't meant to just be a let's hate on U of L segment because they uh, they have had some good wins from the state of California. But it is bizarre. It, it has been a little bizarre. Um, and, and I guess, meanwhile, closer to home, you've seen Cincinnati crank up their efforts in Ohio. They hired uh, the former Ohio State defense coordinator, Kerry Coombs, who this dude coached at Colerain and a bunch of other Cincinnati high schools right. for like 25 years before he got into college coaching. He's back with the Bearcats. Um, that's kind of how he got his crack in there. It, was, I, I, it might have even been Brian Kelly who hired him to just recruit Cincinnati and he's done that. He got a, a, you know, depending on the recruiting service, a couple four stars from the area. Uh, and that's kind of thrown a thing. Things yeah. aren't as easy for Kentucky right now. You got a commitment from tight end Tano or master recently, but the, the days of having, you know, five, six, seven kids from Ohio, I, I think they're over like it or at yeah, least the, for the, for the meantime. I actually sat down and did the math last night. As of right now, Nick, Scholarship players from the state of Kentucky, 20 players. Man. From the state of Ohio, 17. Wow. <laughs> That's remarkable. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, 
obviously there's a lot. Vince is now rec- Vince Merrill is now recruiting Kentucky, so that's taking away time and resources spent in Ohio, right? So obviously there's going to be something there, and there's I'm not going to say Kentucky's just higher on the th- the food chain in, inside the state than they are when they go into Ohio to recruit, right? Like Kentucky's a top brand in Kentucky, Ohio State's top brand in Ohio, right? So they're obviously going to be higher on these players as lists. And so they've had more success recruiting um, players and the caliber of player in the state has gone up here in recent halls. Yes. Um, that's so that's, true. that's all kind of added up to this, but yeah, you're right. I mean, Cincinnati and being able to sell big 12 now and having Luke fickle and having a playoff um, bid, having a guy that's probably going to be a first round quarterback this yeah, year. I mean, yeah. there's just a lot of ammo they have right now. Mm-hmm. The the main thing Kentucky needs from them is to just go to the Big Twelve already, <laughs> so so people can realize, oh, they got to go, you know, thousands of miles away. My family won't get to see us play, lose some games, realize they're not a perennial kind of threat, and then it would it's going to become easier. But at the same time, it's going to get harder because Kentucky's going to have Texas and Oklahoma in the league. Um, so as right now where we're standing, it's just the competition is just I think tougher. I mean up up there because one Ryan Day is recruiting the state more. They're still recruiting national level, but you can almost pencil the top six, seven, eight guys to Ohio State every year in in the state in the state of Ohio. And then after that, there's just more competition for those ne- that next tier of player. Yeah, I mean yeah. Kentucky's in that, but you know I think they have to more selectively I think choose their battles there. Well- and when they did last year, Marcus Freeman is there for Emil Wagner, you know? like right. Well, the, I think – right. You're going to see certain schools, I think, pop up a lot. Winton Woods, Springfield, Cardinal Mooney, whenever there's guys there. Yeah, Dayton yeah. Wayne. Those are kind of the, the schools they've really hammered away at with Marrow. And I think that's more stuff we need to focus on. There's not just going to be as many random one-offs. Right, right, you know, right. How, as there were in the past. And, and Jermaine Burton, More selective the recruiting, right. Yeah, Jermaine Burton, the cornerback from uh, Winton Woods, he's probably the best available that they're still on. And they did hold – Jermaine Matthews, host, yeah. Jermaine Matthews, sorry. Um, the other kid's last name was Burton. Um, they also hosted – I saw a linebacker, Arvell Reese, who's really talented from the Cincinnati Linville, area. That's another one. But that's like a Ohio – got to beat Ohio State, you know. <laughs> it, 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 so that, that makes life difficult. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. There's, there's still plenty to play out. Uh, we didn't get the huge, um, uh, the, the old school big time visit weekend where you've got, you know, you're Justin Rogers, Bo Allen, John Young, Drew Phillips on campus, but, uh, things guys have been on campus. They've had them in and out all spring. We're going to get a quiet ish period. I don't know if it's an official quiet recruiting period like it, but, just with the uh, the month of May, everybody's leaving campus. So things get pretty quiet. It's pretty dead. Uh, it's the one time where everybody kind of goes home, resets, and then gets back to work for eight straight months um, or whatever, it is, eight, nine months, I, I don't know, whatever it is on campus. So things are going to go quieter in UK land. Uh, but before all that, we have the NFL draft starting this Thursday where it's going to be a little bit different, like it, because uh, which I don't know if i like it was was kind of fun having first round picks the first few years kind of waiting to see where they go on thursday night now for specifically uk fans it's going to be an eventful friday um and then uh 
you know, Saturday when picks are coming in Fast and Furious, I never, I never used to watch Saturday at all, but they do a decent enough job of keeping things moving that you just kind of hear like, ooh, it, it, you hear some names from around the Southeastern Conference quite a bit, um, and then you get to play the fun game where you, you imagine X player in a jersey, uh, and we're going to get that with up to seven, uh, seven, six, seven Kentucky guys drafted. How many, how many, how many we think it like it? Seven. I think seven is a safe, um, bet, uh, minimum of six, I would say. And six last year was the modern record, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah. Did they get six or seven last year? One, two, three, four, five. Six, seven. They got seven last year. Yeah, yeah. So seven would tie. Um, and and right now we're at seven. Darian Kennard is still probably going to be the first one taken. But I think if we do have any sort of surprises, it's that Josh Pascal could jump up and and, and go ahead of him. Just because I, I feel like Josh is one of those that uh, the more people see him, the more they like him. And – Kennard stonks have largely just been where they've always been. That kind of second round is well. He was kind of like, uh, I mean, playing this year didn't help him all that much. It seems like to me. No, no, it really didn't. Um, helped Kentucky a lot. Yeah. The one <laughs> thing got I'll to be say, an all-American, but yeah, day two is going to be jam-packed from a Kentucky perspective. Um, God, there's real like legitimate round two buzz for Pascal. Um, at this point, I would kind of project him into the end of round two. Um, but at the same time, Kennard and Wandell could fall out of round two. Um, I wouldn't have Wandell Robinson falling out because it's still a valuable position. But there are legit worries with him. With the size, um, he's only going to be able to play slot. It's not much special teams value there. Um, it's one really good year of tape, but it's just one, you know, one good year. Um, mm-hmm. And then – Kennard, there's he's just gonna you don't know if he's a guard or tackle tweener type situation. The senior bowl wasn't great for him. It just seems like teams are kind of falling out of love with him. Um obviously that wide zone scheme that most of the league, almost not most of the league, but a good chunk of the league is running. I don't think he's a fit for that. Um so that I wonder if he just he's not even on the board for those guys, you know. And so that could that could hurt his stock. Um and then Fortner's gotten getting a lot of buzz. He won't be a second round pick, but no, he's got a real chance. I think into the third round to come off the board. But yeah, I think you could see a huge. I mean, four picks day two is I think what, what we're looking at, and I think Pascal's probably going to be the first one off the board. And then I just think there's a there's some variance there with Wando Robinson and Darian Kennard. I could see them going mid second round, mostly I based could see on last and mid third round. Right, 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 right. Because um, uh, you you still get the. Uh... You know, Kennard was on the 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 show with Jeff Schwartz, so he, he you know he's still uh, respected among the crew. You know, I saw Bruce Feldman talking to some anonymous people who like to talk up Wandale, um, and and that's where when you get into this thing, you just get a good idea of about where they fall in the pecking order. But NFL front offices, they get a little. They get a little hairy sometimes. You're going to see trades happening. Like, th- what I think is going to be fun in, like, just thinking big picture about the NFL draft this year, like it. The lack of 
quarterbacks and the actual accessibility of them in free agency, you know, getting Baker Mayfield in a trade is a pretty good draft. If my Pittsburgh Steelers were to use their pick to go get Baker Mayfield in a trade and, and, and instead acquire a talented receiver or something like that, like I, I would, I would be happy with that or, or another offensive line. So like the things can get wonky and, what really helps, I think, Wandell as much as anything is folks love this draft class at wide receiver. Absolutely love it. And eventually, teams still need receivers further down. So they're that, that, that's one way he can rise up is by having all these dudes go really fast near the top of the board, um, particularly when you're having to pay NFL receivers a ton in free agency, or you're going to have to give up mm-hmm. a ton to trade them. If you can just get a first rate, if you can just spend a pick on them, then you lock them up for four or five years without having to spend a ton of money. Right. If there's a run on receivers, obviously in the first round, who would be your first one to Robinson? Adam Luckett is um, general manager, Adam Luckett yeah. is in the building. And I, I don't, I, not, not based on need, um, but you, you have Joe Burrow there um, as your quarterback. And you saw Jamar Chase, you had to go get him. So who would be your best receiver on the board right now? Because- it's Garrett, Garrett Wilson one, Jamison Williams a close two. Okay. They're pretty close. I just like – No uh, Drake London? No. If you look at Drake London, um, majority of his snaps came in the slot, but he's being sold as like this big uh, jump ball outside X receiver. So that would be a concern for me. Um, he's had some injury – he's had to deal with I do not see like the explosiveness that he that you get in Wilson or Williams um Gary Wilson Jameson Williams you can line them up all over the place they played they played X they played Z they played slot at Ohio State and Alabama they've got long speed um they've also got I think large catch radiuses they can go and get the ball in different places um I just think they can be true I can see them as being true number one receivers in an NFL offense um, so those those would be my one and two right right there. If I had to take a receiver, I would take one of those two. I like your Garrett Wilson take too, um, because the 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 way I heard somebody put it is he's an inside that can play outside, mm-hmm. and in that I think that's your ideal NFL wide receiver now. Um, what they're really kind of prioritize. Uh, kind of like how C.D. Lamb was, even though he's a little bit bigger. That's probably a bad example. But yeah, I think C.D. Lamb's a fair comp to Garrett Wilson. Yeah. Um, uh, what's his name with the Eagles now? Devontae uh, Smith? Yeah, yeah. You know, where they're, they're smaller guys with a ton of speed, but they can do inside and out. Uh, so, I, you know, I th- there's a lot to like about a lot of these receivers. Olave's one that I was surprised didn't get more love. Uh, I, I, I don't – but both think of these- the ceiling's lower for him. I think as a technician, um, day one contributor, I think Olave is probably the guy. He probably has a highest floor of all mm-hmm. of them. I just think uh, there's not a, the explosiveness that Wilson, Wilson and Williams, they join out there. I mean, they can go, they can feel, stretch the field vertically on you. They can get behind you yeah, pretty easy, yeah. especially um, Jameson Williams. Whereas I don't think Olave. I mean, he can do that stuff, but not as good. He's not as explosive, I would say, as those two. Which is what's crazy is we. Yeah, Olave would be my three. I would have him <laughs> wide receiver three, probably. Those dudes were all on the same team. 
And Williams had to transfer away and go to Alabama yeah. to make the draft. Well, and then wide receiver number one next year, Nick's probably going to be Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, it's just cr- crazy. Oh, gosh. I mean, it's just I, 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 absolutely wild. Absolutely wild. I, uh, yeah, I mean that all, and then um, that offense last year with Justin Fields, well, and that, and that's why I'm, I'm totally not buying uh, C.J. Stroud as a Heisman guy or an NFL guy at all. Because it's like, well, if he's got all of these dudes, then yeah, yeah, uh, you, you, you think he's going to be pretty good? He's going to post some some pretty good numbers. Um, but uh, and and I do like having a conversation about wide receivers because that's the easiest for just you know Joe Blow to just look watch. Here's what I like about him. This right. here and here's and that's the thing that um, like I actually started watching NBA draft before NFL draft because you know I played the NBA video games as a kid. I didn't. I never even watched NBA, but I remember going to the Hooters on Dixie Highway uh, by my house. We, I could ride my, I could ride my bike there. It's still open, surprisingly, but I, we'd ride our bikes there and we would feel like adults at like 13. Just all sitting at the table watching the NBA draft. That was the Tayshawn Prince got drafted in what 03. So uh, yeah, that's I had a nice little run there where we would go up to Hooters and watch the NBA draft. And what made the NBA fun is you can really see the plug and play. Like he would be fun paired with this person. You can't really do that. I'm not going to be able to uh, break down how Trevor Penning fits in. out of the New York Giants offensive line. Like, I just, I just can't. I can like Trevor Penning for being yeah. a dude who just is wrestling up, ruck, he's making a ruckus in there. And he's, he's, he's quite a character, but I, I can't, I can't get excited of, about how he's going to play at the next level when I just see him on draft night. So, uh, yeah, from that aspect, like the two maybe most exciting things in this draft to see what maybe what the Chiefs and Packers do at receiver. Do they yeah. trade up? Because you know they have the quarterback, so it's like they just – but they need another receiver. Right. So how, how do they handle all that, that? From that aspect, I think it's interesting. I want the Packers to finally pick a receiver, and he's like Jalen Rager, just above – you know, does, insert yeah. eagle. Just just They finally get a first-round guy, and he's a bust, yeah. and it scares them from ever getting a first-round receiver ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, – and, and I feel like no matter who the Chiefs get, though, everybody's going to say – Imagine him in Andy Reid's offense. Like, uh, oh yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's a can take. Yeah, uh, the, um, the draft is interesting because you do get some guys on there. Obviously, like you've got the draft next, right? Mm-hmm. And it really starts to it first round is fine, but when you start getting in the third, the fourth, the fifth, and so you know Mel Kiper, DJ Daniel Jeremiah, yeah, um, McShay, they can they've got. They've got the Rolodex of info, but then some of the other guys, yeah, you can just see the can take. Uh, that's oh, that's really when it starts getting interesting. So, are you an NFL Network guy when you watch it? I ESPN. I can't do it without Kuiper. It just see, but you know. I can't. Greeny is doing it this year, and that's just going to yeah. piss me off. Like who's done? Yeah, they used to have Trey Wingo, right? Yeah, for a long and, time. And Wingo was good. Um, Berman back before him, and, and I like I really like Rich Eisen, uh, and I and I yeah. can't do the ABC like uh, I don't like I, I don't I, even mess with that. I, I can't I can't do that. That's too I, I get it. It's 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 something for everybody there where you're getting, but I can't I can't do 
sob stories or whatever. Like that's, that's for the Olympics is when I get that kind of bull crap can stuff. Uh, but I can do Rich Eisman, Bucky yeah. Brooks. You just, you just want the Ryan. transactions today. You just want to tell me about the player. Yes. The fit. Yes. Good you're you're right though. Kuiper is the, the best. Um, man. And just the, he's not going to be there this year either. He's what? doing it from home. He didn't get the vax. Oh, so they won't let him. Attend. He's got, he's simulcasting, but yeah, he's not going to be there in person, oh, man. It's not going to be the same. Not going to be the same. Um, Oh gosh, I was going to mention something right before I uh, got down on NFL Network broadcasting tangent. Um, oh, I know what I was going to ask. So who who are your Cincinnati Bengals? You've got you're loaded up everywhere. You've got all this momentum, a lot of young talent. What what what's the Bengals draft play here? Look at because I know there's some some fans out there who it's double dip balls like- with the cats and the the the, the who day. Interior pass rusher. Um, they need another defensive tackle. Um, there's Logan Hall from Houston, Travis Jones, UConn are kind of the two guys. They're going to potentially going to target there unless somebody crazy falls. Um, so that's kind of what they're looking at right now, I think. UConn. That's not exciting. Yeah. He was pretty, he was good at the senior bowl, though. So, yeah, he's one of the buzzy kind of guys out of that. But I, I would have say Logan Hall is probably the safe bet there. And if it's not him, it's probably going to be a cornerback, if I had to guess, if one of the corners falls. Big Ben waited to retire until the year when there weren't any good quarterbacks taken. Um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm, far, I'm fairly certain that they're going to use a pick on – I think they're going to draft Ritter. I mean, that just kind of feels like – the one for them because I don't think they want to – I think Willis is – Malik Willis obviously the high ceiling. But you got to wait for him. Yeah. I mean, you always – I mean, how long is the wait, though? Right. Is it a one-year wait or is it like a two- to three-year wait? Is it a Trey Lance? Oh, God, what are we going to do here? And th- you can do the one-year wait if, like, Trubisky gets you through yeah. 7 and 11 or 7 and 10, however long the NFL season is now and then get handed over to Willis after that. But how much time does Malik Willis need? Ritter, like, you could play Ritter, I think. I could see him beating out Trubisky and starting for him next year, potentially. We Maybe won. not right away, but, yeah. Yeah, I can I can see that happening. But um, I think the ceiling, you know, same next Tiger right there, but there is a lower ceiling on him, but I think he can be a productive NFL quarterback. Same thing but, with Pickett, where if Kenny Pickett just doesn't – doesn't move, but the all needle. these got like Ritter would not be. I just don't see him being a first round pick if it was almost any other draft class. No, no, you know, not at all. Like I, so I can't, it, I can't watch Desmond Ritter play football and just think, oh wow, this dude's a first round NFL draft pick. I was reading an anonymous scout on Kenny Pickett and it honestly made a ton of sense. Um, like Kenny Pickett's the most NFL ready guy right now, but he is absolutely zero ups. <laughs> <laughs> he is who he is he, he is who he is uh so like because he's an older player you know he's older he's kind of, it's just not a good year that to, to need a quarterback uh, no to put it bluntly i mean except you can maybe trade for one so yeah. <sighs> not great not great um so i'm 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 not looking forward to the draft because i'm going to have to sell myself on whoever the Steelers get a quarterback and it's just going to be a tough sell job it's going to be a tough sell job uh, but it would be I, I would be happy for Ritter 
get a Hikes Point Lobo um, and, and get hearing his name called in the first round of the NFL draft. That would be exciting. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we're going to see how all of this plays out. It's it's a fun I'm, – I'm glad that the calendar worked out. And last year I was conflicted with uh, Derby, so, you know, I, I didn't really – pay that much attention at all glad yeah, be much we're, better this year yeah yeah much much better um i know what well, you've been profiling all the uk guys on ksr freddie's got stuff cooked up we're gonna have plenty um covering the nfl draft but it's just it's a nice i you i still think it's too long to hold the draft you know this the nfl season into three months ago do you really need this much time to evaluate the guys but it is at a nice point in the calendar year as a little uh, buffer <laughs> While I get ready, like I, I still not all the way into the NBA playoffs. They're still kind of boring. So, um, yeah, yeah, this will be fun. It'll be a fun. Yeah, it's kind of like it's a halfway point of the offseason, right? Mm-hmm. So, you, just a, like a little taste right yeah. there at the end of April. And then then talking season really starts after, oh, yeah. after this. This is when you get into um, award watch list season. Mm-hmm. Quarterback rankings. Uh, the takes start firing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, we got Will Levis Heisman odds. So it's yeah. uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun talking season, and uh, we'll be here with you every step of the way. Um, that's all I got for today. Like, you got anything else? Oh, I think I'm good. I mean, it's just at for Kentucky. Like, if you could pencil in seven draft picks every year, it's good recruiting. You're stuff. gonna take it, right? <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. It bolsters that board. They show the recruits there in the facility. Mm-hmm. You got all the guys in the pros. So the more the better. Another good step forward, I think, for the program. And then hopefully that'll create some recruiting buzz here. Yeah. We get into the summer and official visit season and camp season. Really, is right around the corner. I mean, yeah, it'll be here before you know it. Like a month away now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, everybody, sit back. Relax. Enjoy this weekend's NFL Draft. For Adam Luckett, I'm Nick Roush. Go Cats and go Croak. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.